Hi, everyone. I'm Aaliyah Kemet, and welcome to Phenomenal Grit, career conversations for women of color. It's time to get intentional about why you are here. This podcast is all about winning, winning at work, winning in your career, and finding happiness and joy in the process. Each episode, I'll either be talking to an amazing and inspiring guest or sharing stories and lessons from my own personal career journey. It's time to invest in you, with you. Let's get into it. Long before I published the first episode of Phenomenal Grit, the purpose of it spoke to me and called me to it. There was no way I could ignore that call. It was clear. I'm really honored to be creating content that supports women. It genuinely makes me happy. This podcast is about career. It's about work. It's about money. Growing teams, growing self, and leadership. It will always be centered around career. And while I may ask my guests about their romantic relationships, workout routines, or favorite vacation, let's be clear. The heart is about career. And I intentionally don't focus on kids or spouses. In fact, I decided early on that I would focus mainly on women in their career journeys. I wanted to tell their stories as truthfully as possible, which undoubtedly means sometimes talking about motherhood anyway. Because aren't we full and complete women? I want to show women in their most fierce moments, as well as their most vulnerable. And also, I wanted to show up for you the listener authentically as my most fierce and vulnerable as well. And so this right here today, get ready, is one of those vulnerable moments. And it is my hope that when you hear it, you'll think I'm fierce too. But if you don't, at least you'll know that I'm real. And first, a disclaimer. I'm going to tell you some motherhood stories, and honestly, this is not going to feel like a chapter in the book every new mother reads what to expect when you're expecting. No, this will feel more tangible than that. To all the mamas and non-mamas and dads and non-dads who have said to me over the years, wow, Aaliyah, I don't know how you do it. I can't believe you have four kids. You're amazing. I don't know how you do it. How do you do it? Like they say that a lot. I don't know how you do it. Oh my God. You are so successful and with four kids and a husband. Wow, four kids. In case you didn't already know, I have four kids. I don't know how you do it. For all y'all, and man, if I had a dollar for everyone who has said it, but especially for the mamas, I lied, I lied, I lied, I lied. I have been saying for years, oh, we make it work. It all works itself out. You can do anything. Children are love. Really, it's not too bad. Oh, You just try and balance it all. I have help. I hire help. The kids help. Really, we can do anything we put our minds to. It's time to come clean. I've been lying, y'all. It's hard. And I mean hard, hard. It is not a joke. Growing your career while having and rearing children or even just one child is extremely difficult. It's hard, but I can do hard things. When I was pregnant with my firstborn 20 years ago, I was working for Whole Foods Market in PR and community relations. And I worked with this wonderful young woman. We were so young then. Her name was Rosa Mejia. Rosa was in graphics and we worked extremely close together. And our sons were born around the same time. I remember, I think we had the same exact due date. I bring this up for two reasons. One, to say, I've been at this working mother thing for a while. And two, to say, if anyone knows Rosa Mejia, who worked for Whole Foods in graphics and lived in the DMV around the year 2000, I'm looking for her. 
Have you ever had someone you really clicked with and then you just lost touch with them? Well, I have a few, but Rosa is in my top three. We were pregnancy sick together. We had all our cravings together. She introduced me to Chipotle. I didn't even know what Chipotle was before then. I don't even think I knew how to say it correctly. Like, I didn't know how to say Chipotle. Maybe this is why Burhan loves Chipotle. We ate a lot of Chipotle. I digress. Anyway, when I went on maternity leave, I never went back to that job. I decided I was going to be a stay-at-home mother. Me, I know. You're like, what? Me. But it's a woman's choice, and that was the choice I made at that time. My plan was to stay at home and have a bunch of babies, like four, no, five, maybe even six. And I tried to stay at home. Like, I tried, tried. I did it for 18 months, and I hated it. I loved my baby, but staying home with a baby wasn't fulfilling for me. I really wanted to work. I remember this guy opened a dry cleaners in our neighborhood, and one day I was taking my husband's dry cleaning in. I tried to convince the dry cleaner owner to let me do his PR. I actually took on a couple of small clients, but the pay wasn't worth the effort. I even planned a couple of weddings for people. Finally, I decided to get a job at Ikea as a cashier so I could get the Ikea discount so I could decorate my house. So I went to a job fair to become a cashier. I didn't even take a resume. They kept me there for like three hours, passing me from one person to the next, trying to convince me to take a bigger retail job. Not going to happen. I just want to be a cashier. Ring, ring. Hello. Well, to make a long story short, I meet the store manager and this changed my life. Paget, the store manager, pulls out this job description for a public relations manager. The job description was from like the Canadian market where she came from. And she starts trying to sell me on this job. And actually, it fit my qualifications. And less than a week later, I have a job. I actually have this job. So I go back to work to open the College Park IKEA store and assume responsibilities for local marketing. And the rest is history. One day, I'll tell you the bits and pieces about how I grew at that company. But today, we are talking about being a mom. What I didn't know then when I accepted that job was that, guess what? I was pregnant again. <laughs> what? Joke's on me. Oh yeah, I was pregnant. I've been a mother for almost 20 years now, and I love being a mother. After returning to work all those years ago, I never stopped working again. In episode one of Phenomenal Grit, I tell the story of how my good friend MJ and I supported each other in those early years. When I look at new mothers today, with your small, high-performing breast pumps. I remember a time when I carried a monster-sized machine to work. I remember being the first to christen nursing rooms and going on TV shoots and ensuring the producer planned for proper nursing space and refrigeration for me. I remember taking my mom to New York for a whole week so I wouldn't have to leave a young baby overnight. One time, I took my best friend with me. I have no idea now where my mom was and why she couldn't go, so I took a friend. I've taken conference calls while expressing breast milk while driving 80 miles an hour down 95 between Maryland and Pennsylvania. Do not try this. I've written briefs and emailed feedback to agencies in the middle of the night while up with a young child. I even learned to make my own baby formula from a raw cow milk base. Why did I do this? What was wrong with me? I went through a phase when I made baby food from scratch. Raw cow's milk isn't even legal in Maryland. I would meet the Amish in Pennsylvania to get the raw milk. I was crazy and tired for years with young children and I felt guilty sometimes too. So I would do things like batch cook five meals on the weekend so my family could eat my home cooking. I always understood that I couldn't do everything, that there is no such thing as having it all, that you can have a lot, not it all, but a lot. But even then, not 
all at the same time. And so my philosophy with young children was always sacrifice my own comfort for the comfort of my family. Fast forward to today, I look back and don't really understand what that young woman was thinking. Why should I have been so tired? Why couldn't I have done less, slowed down, made them eat out of a box at least once a week? I set my own priorities about what I thought was important. And yo, it was hard AF. True to my Gen X parenting style, I taught my children self-reliance, independence, and grit. It was tough, but for some reason, I think I made it harder than it needed to be. I think I wanted to make it look like no one was missing anything and like everything was easy all at the same time. Maybe I wanted it to look worth it. I know I was always worried about what people would think. Would they think I'm a bad mother for missing things or deprioritizing things or hiring someone else to do it? And it probably took me longer than necessary to realize that there is no perfect way to be a mother and no perfect way to have a career. And certainly there isn't a perfect way to do both at the same time. What I have come to understand is that I am a very dynamic woman with gifts. I am a loving, wonderful mother, and I am great at building brands. I am a woman who, with my partner, made a decision to have a family with two working parents. My husband and I spoke about this the other day. He said to me, he said, I never really thought about what it would look like to have a big family with both of us having careers. Did you think about what it would be like? And I had to admit, I didn't really think about it either. We just did it. I wish I could say I have no regrets about being a working mother. I do. I regret not slowing down and being still and taking care of myself. I regret not exercising more when I was younger. And I regret moving through the world as though my hardship and suffering was somehow proof of my love. I don't regret having a career. My work has given me so much joy and freedom. The other day, my daughter Hasana told me, she said, I was a great mom. And I said, really? Why? I'm like totally searching for compliments, right? She said, well, because you take such good care of us and you love us and you work hard too for our family and because we are happy. And really, that was enough for me, her happiness. I've been reflecting on my early days as a mother a lot lately. And I've decided that being a young mother is hard. And being a seasoned mother brings about new challenges. When you're a younger mother, it feels like everything is so physical. You're feeding people, changing diapers, putting people to sleep. I mean, literally, these humans can't even hold up their heads or wipe their own butts. Teaching people to read so many kind of like fundamentals of life that feel very physical. But now, as a seasoned mom, everything feels so mental and that is something challenging on a whole nother level. Let me give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, I had two really big meetings at work. One was a presentation I had to give for an annual plan. So I needed to really put a lot into my prep and delivery. The other was a presentation one of my direct reports was giving. So my role was more of a support role to her. It was a big day at work. I went into the office for this meeting, and I think it was the first meeting I attended in person really in over a year since the pandemic started. This was also the day after Dante Wright was killed in Minnesota. If you don't know who Dante Wright was, this was the young man who was pulled over for having air freshener hanging from his rearview mirror, and he was shot and killed by the police. Young Dante was 20 years old, and the officer claimed she intended to fire her taser but in fact, it was her gun. 
Dante Wright had his whole life ahead of him. And his mom shared that he called her and she could hear the fear. He was afraid of the police. So I was at work when the news of this was really hitting the networks and the socials, sitting in big, important meetings, wrestling with my head and heart, trying to avoid looking at any news and trying harder to avoid allowing any thoughts and feelings of despair to seep into my mind while I was trying to undergo the business of the day. This has happened too often this year. It's really escalated since the death of George Floyd last summer. I find myself trying to focus on work while desperately trying not to think about black bodies being gunned down for nothing. I try not to think about what this means for the young boys I know, for my own sons, for my own son, almost the exact same age as Dante. That night when I came home, my son wanted to talk to me. He was home for a few days from college and he wanted to talk about Dante Wright. I couldn't do it. I felt so inept and sad. I found myself struggling to guard myself against the onslaught of Black trauma and the realization that Black mothers with sons are often afraid to watch our sons just take the car and drive to the store. I think about conversations I've had with friends about buying cars for our sons. There are certain cars we wouldn't buy for our sons. Like, do other mothers have to think about this? Cars that might bring too much attention to them. Cars that might get them killed by police who decide our young sweet boys are threats. Dante looks a lot like my son. Moments like this often make me think of the many Black men and women who are memorialized as hashtags. This isn't normal. It isn't normal to sit in a meeting at work fully prepared and ready to wow your leadership team while suppressing this blues at the same time. It isn't natural. It reminds me of a passage from Between the World and Me by Tanahasi Coates, words he wrote to his own son, speaking of the differences between how young white children grow up versus ours, he wrote, I saw them lost in conversation with each other, mother and father, while their sons commanded entire sidewalks with their tricycles. The galaxy belonged to them, and as terror was communicated to our children, I saw mastery communicated to theirs. We live in a state of terror around this issue of police killing Black men and boys, Black people for that matter, let's not forget the women. It is a reality for Black mothers. Do you know how taxing it is to see Black people gunned down and still have to educate others about the issues and try to be okay? It is a lot to carry every day. You are not free from it just because you're famous or wealthy or educated or work in corporate America. No one knows those things. No one cares, nor should they. Our son's body should be protected because they are human. Our children should be protected, full stop. The risk of being killed by the police in this country for a black man or boy is a real thing. And for mothers, it is a palpable fear. Folks will keep dying if we don't fully address racial injustice and inequities in our country from implicit bias to broken systems. When my colleagues see me after another shooting of an unarmed black man, do they know I'm affected? So this day, when my son wanted to talk to me about Dante Wright, he did so with a shaky voice with a pained expression, and I could see the trauma sitting there on the surface of his skin. He looked at me and he said, he was my age. He wasn't doing anything wrong. 
Did you know he had a son, Mama? He was my age. This is about me. This is about me. And I knew that it was. I sat there listening to him, and I cried long, silent tears. And the meeting I kicked butt in earlier in the day became a distant memory. I could only see my son. Sometimes I think about Black women who came before me who were enslaved, women who built this country with their hands and on their backs. I think about the fact that they constantly lived in fear of losing their children, fear that their children would be ripped from their arms and sold away. I think about the women who jumped into the waters traveling from African shores to this complicated land rather than become slaves. I think about the women who killed their children and themselves to keep them from slavery. It's a lot to ponder. What would make a woman so desperate? I always wanted to be a mother, always. From the time I was aware that I was female and that women had babies, I knew I wanted one, more than one. I did not always want a career. I don't know when exactly I knew that I am a career woman, but I have always been clear about motherhood. Motherhood was always my dream. In corporate America, people look at me and they're like, that's the girl with all them kids. How does she do it all? Well, you know what? I've realized I can do hard things. I can do a lot of things and I can do them well. I can love with the fullness of my heart and soul. I believe that feeding people is loving them and loving them is feeding them and so it goes. I can leverage data and insights to create brand love and loyalty. I am a mother and an executive. I am super strong and powerful and vulnerable. I am better and both because I am all of this. I am learning to slow down and take time for myself, to exercise more, to sleep longer, to take time for myself so that I am better. Yes, for everyone around me. That'll never change, but for me too. I want to place the galaxy in the hands of my children. I want them to have mastery of the land. You've been listening to Phenomenal Grit, career conversations for women of color. And I'm your host, Aliyah Kemet. Please subscribe to Phenomenal Grit wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and follow Phenomenal Grit on Instagram. No grit, no pearls.